right, quiet on the set. It all starts with the script. It's the blueprint of your story. In this panel, which took place this summer, WFT is showcasing the work and careers of three professional screenwriters working across a range of platforms. Hosted by WFT Chair Dr Susan Liddy, Jennifer Davidson, Catherine Marr and Jenny Roach get chatting about their experiences writing for screen. you're very welcome to another WIFT event, another WIFT panel discussion actually. Uh, I'm Susan Liddy, Chair of WIFT Ireland and a board member of WIFT International. I'm delighted today to welcome uh, three women that uh, I admire very much on a personal level. Three screenwriters and of course I'm never happier than when I'm in the company, I have to say, that's my bias of screenwriters and um, a delighted today to be joined by, in no particular order, Jennifer Davidson, Catherine Maher and Jenny Roach. And before we kick off, because I know we've a lot to talk about, I'm already um, nervous in case we've so many questions that we're going to run madly out of time, I'd like to introduce each one of them formally to you so you get a little bit of a sense of their background. So Jennifer Davidson is currently the uh, uh, chair of the uh, Writers Guild of Ireland. She has uh, written for our uh, national soap, Fair City, for many years. Uh, she's an experienced screenwriter with a background in documentary production and development. And as well as Fair City, she has uh, a number of original series in development. Uh, she's also done a number of short films in the past. Waiting for Tom was named Best Short Film at the London Irish Film Festival in 2015. While another short, um, A Single Woman's Guide to Life, she also directed and won a prize at the Chicago Irish Film Festival in 2016. Moving on then to um, Catherine Maher. Catherine was recently appointed Deputy um, Chair of the Writers Guild. Uh, Catherine has come from the advertising world, advertising copywriting, and she has also worked in TV sketch writing in shows like Mario Rosenstock Show and Bull Island. So she moved then into feature screenwriting with Sweet Solstice, a time travel adventure optioned by Treasure Entertainment. But I suppose more recently, she's really um, hit our headlines uh, with uh, her debut TV drama series, The Southwesterlies, first broadcast on RT1 back in September 2020. Now, I could go on. She's done any number of things. I'm cutting all of these short just so that we can move to the more interesting part, the questions, and hear from these women. Uh, but I want to finish first by introducing Jenny Roach. Jenny is a Galway-based writer and lecturer. She teaches screenwriting in NUI Galway, and she's had work commissioned and funded by Screen Ireland, BBC, RTE, Arts Council of Ireland, Ferndale Films, Wide-Eyed Films, and others. She also has been a scriptwriter on RTE's uh, Fair City since 2012. She's currently developing a feature film script, Dysphoria, with support from Screen Ireland. And uh, interestingly, um, the script was recently named one of the Writers Lab UK and Ireland 2021 finalists. So I'll be looking forward to hearing a little bit more about that as well. So you're very welcome, all three of you. Lovely to see you. Um, and I know we have very keen and interested membership waiting to kind of be given pearls of wisdom from each of you. Oh I wonder, could we start, and I'll start with you, Jennifer, and we'll go maybe to each one 
to give their idea. I've already given some background about where, you know, where, how you got, how, what you're doing, where you're, where you came to, to write in the recent past. But I'm kind of wondering, when did you start writing and how did the writing process evolve for you? Can we start with you, Jennifer? Sure. I mean, I think I was always writing as a kid. You know, I was making up little stories and poems and doing things. And I did drama classes and sort of was into, you know, writing play scripts. And I guess didn't really know that screenwriting was a career um, that you could have. It wasn't, you know, growing up in North Mayo, it wasn't, you know, I didn't see any other people going and doing this. But then in our career guidance uh, room, when I was in Leaving Cert, I found a prospectus for IADD or the Dunleary College of Art and Design as it was at the time. And went, oh, that sounds like a bit of crack. I'll apply, I'll cobble together the most embarrassing portfolio now looking back that I could possibly have imagined. But I got in and then went, oh yeah, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And then graduated and realized that there were no jobs in the Irish. Yes, because I suppose, you know, so <laughs> yeah. far so kind of, well, I, I suppose so, so, so expected in the sense that yes. I would presume that each of you would say I used to, I used to like to write little yeah. things, but I'm wondering, Jennifer, you know, what there was a moment where you realized, okay, this is not going to be your normal career path profession. Was yes. there that moment? Yeah, I mean, and that moment happened pretty quickly um, after I graduated and, um, you know, ended up working as a temp receptionist for a company who made nappies because that was the only job I could get that paid my rent. But then I ended up getting work making documentaries and that actually, I think, was, was one of the best things for my own writing and for my own confidence. And then I just kind of kept plugging away. And probably about five years after I graduated from college, I was really lucky to get a drama on TG Carr. Yeah. And then, you know, once you have one little bit of success, it's kind of easier, you know, doors open a bit more. I had been rejected twice by Fair City before I got in on my third time of trying. So it, there was a lot of persistence. There was a lot of wondering <laughs> what I was doing. Um, but yeah, it worked. That's, that, worked. that's interesting, Jennifer, because I, I, mean, I know we're going to come back to this, I'm sure, because of course, this is a crux thing, isn't it? You, you slogged for those years to find a way in and you need a lot of persistence. I, I'm picking up that, you know, you, you, need, to, you need to really want this. Um, yeah. And we'll come back to that. L let's go on to Catherine. Catherine, what about you? Where did the writing start for you? Your yeah. interest in it? Yeah, and actually anyone who's who's watching or listening, um, it, it's completely, it's a zig. I don't know any writers um, who've, who've gone straight from, oh, I've just left school. Um, I'm going to, you know, go to college and then just be a writer. It's always zigzag. It's, it's um, so yeah, a bit like Jennifer for me. Like, did I always want to be a writer? Well, I, I was always good at the old school essays. And, you know, back then, now looking back again, like Jennifer, it was probably majorly cringe-tastic when the teacher would go, reading out Catherine's essays again. But I was deeply chuffed. But now looking back, I'm sure I was a pain in the arse. But still, it was good. And it was a sense, my first sense at the age of 12, oh, God, I'm actually quite good at this stuff. And not just writing, but actually writing for being read out loud because I, I knew then when the teacher would read out my essays, if this was going to be a thing, well, then I better make them funny. And that was always a thing. OK, make them funny. So at least um, it, I can make the class laugh, which is, means, you know, then you're popular and then everyone loves you and all that. I mean, that's important when you're 12. It's actually important all the time. But anyway, 
<laughs> so then literally, and I didn't, um, I, I left school um, in the 80s and I was, it wasn't that I was told go ahead and get a job, but that was pretty much it. I, I didn't go to UCD because the vibe was, you know, arts really in the 80s. What are you going to get? What kind of a job are you going to get? So I got a job in, in the bank for six months and then I got a job in Dunn Corporation. But finally I got a job and this is probably the, this was, this was the goodie because it was a job though. Oh my God, cringe. It was um, a typist in RTE's uh, thank God now defunct typing pool. It was literally, it was mad men. It was 10 women in a room just typing. But um, the good thing was that was a jump. That was a, a jumping board to working in radio because eventually there was, you know, once you're in, you're in in RTE in terms of internal promotions, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it got into 2FM and from then I realized, oh, I could write, I could do little promos. I could write little sketches and, you know, throw them maybe talk to producer, get them online or get them on air. It was, it was then. And uh, so, yeah, that was the start radio. Then there was a station called Millennium Radio, which was an offshoot of 2FM for a while for the Millennium Station. Big into the sketch writing there. This is definitely, I thought this is where I'm going to go. But then, and then Century Radio, more radio presenting and sketch writing, but that went tits up. So then, and it's funny, all the sketch writing and the comedy writing, they're all short form, very disciplined forms of writing because you're you're writing a minute, a minute and a half. And in that minute and a half, you've got to go to beginning, a middle and a punchy end. So that was a classic dis training for becoming an advertising copywriter where you've got 30 seconds, 45 max to do product, sell it, wrap it up and get out with the punch. Yeah. So, so advertising, um, and it pays a lot better than sketch writing, believe me. So yeah, advertising kept my bills paid for many good years, but all the while, like a bit like Jennifer, you sort of had this little niggling, oh, I, I'd love to do something more with the writing. So yeah, then I'll, I'll really short circuit it. So um, yeah, yeah, enough of the sketching and the radio and stuff thought, oh, it'd be really great now to write something for a film. Um, she said, you know, thinking big. So wrote a feature with the help of um, really good screenwriting training from Mary Kate Flanagan. Um, she's a great um, coach, uh, screenwriting tutor. And, um, but I paid myself, this was my own. This is like other people have hobbies. I paid Mary Kate, my, my, you know, myself privately to go to her house every, you know, fortnight and have one-on-one, -on -one, you know, teach me how to do screenwriting rather than doing an MA this is just the way it suited me. So while my feature thing, it got optioned by Treasure Entertainment, but it didn't get any further, but it was a bit of a confidence maker, made me go, you know, actually I've heard rumors and more of this later from all of us, that television is a kinder medium to writers or there's there's more openings. And that was um, that was the beginning of my journey with right. God, that word with Southwesterly. So yeah, so. Well, well, that's kind of interesting actually, because I wouldn't have thought about radio as being oh, yeah. a way in. So that's kind of interesting that, yeah. that, that you can, once you want to write, you're gonna find the nearest way in. Out, no matter what that is so that's kind of interesting Captain. yeah no yeah. brilliant it's that's I mean, to anybody listening so like that that's what i meant about zigzag never feel wherever you're at oh you know i'm doing doing, doing a podcast uh, but, but i really want to write a feature write tv that doesn't matter it's good it's all broadcasting it's all communicating it's it, it's it's all you know grist to the mill as they say yeah susan yeah yeah great yeah. yeah jenny what about you well, a bit like Catherine and Jennifer, I was, you know, good at English at school and, uh, you know, spent a lot of time bossing siblings and friends into shows on the back wall and housing stage, that kind of thing. But it didn't. And I, and I remember actually the, the, being, doing a, a workshop with Mary Lavin, you know, the, the short story writer yes. Mary Lavin, who came to our school in Tune. 
Um, and I don't actually remember the workshop, but I remember chatting to her in the Imperial Hotel as she drank double brandies afterwards. And it was just, you know, because I it was just the first time I met a writer, I suppose. But I mean, I never, it wasn't something I, I considered as a career. I mean, I did something in college that was not English or art space that I hated, which was, you know, sort of languages and marketing. Mm. And mm. I was rubbish. And um, and that, that was in the 80s as well, Catherine. Mm. I mean, that actually was a field that had jobs then. But I mean, my take away from it was I just don't want to work in any of them. Mm. So I, I did a, a false course in sound gen- engineering oh. after because my a boyfriend was doing it. So I sat in the back and read Somerset Moan while the rest of them sort of the wires. But out of that, I went into the, the Abbey uh, on a placement um, into the sound booth where I lasted for about two days and then got a job uh, in stage management. So out of that, I tumbled into acting. Um, and now I had been, I was I had started writing, I was interested in journalism. I thought that might be. So I started writing articles for um, you know, the women's magazines, eight I knew. And, yeah. and so I kind of thought, well, yeah, this might, this might be. And then the acting thing happened. I was, you know, sort of plucked uh into I, I, um no person was making the field, and I was, you know, he was in the Abbey. So that sort of that sent me off on another tangent for a good few years. Mm. Um, and I moved to the States then. And but I still was, I, I had been writing short stories and I was writing uh, arts articles for the Irish Voice in New York and uh, while acting doing, you know, those little love on Broadway shows and all that kind of thing, mm. lots of bartending waitressing. Right. Yeah, 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 stuff. yeah, it was brilliant, you know. It was yeah. back in the early 90s, yeah. it was in the East Village, and um, it was, yeah, it sounds wonderful, it sounds wonderful now, it's so romantic. Oh, but know. it's kind of interesting listening to the three of you because you know, it, it's almost like you, the pa- you have to be maybe flexible if you mm. want to be a writer. There's this flexibility, yeah. Yeah. um, yeah. being rigid doesn't seem to, um take you very far from what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. Like I'm going to do either a course or I'm going to do a program and then I'm going to start writing because it doesn't always work yeah. out that way no. by the sound of it. It no. doesn't, but I, th- I think it's actually more, I mean, I could be wrong, but it seems to me that for, for kids now, for, you know, young people in college mm. now are, are coming of age, everything seems more structured. I mean, there's far more courses. I mean, when we were in, in the 80s, or yeah. even Jennifer, you were, you know, the... the, the decades on but like in the there were there was no such thing as courses in writing really yeah. like creative writing undergrad programs or postgrad programs mm. I think now it may be more people may be channeling themselves right. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad yeah. thing yeah yeah can I talk to you all about your writing practice if that sounds a bit maybe highfalutin I want to know about your writing day and I'm assuming uh, that it's going to differ from fair city people then to someone who's doing something else. And it probably also differs from whether you have a commission on hand at the minute. Are there periods, for instance, if you don't have commissions, and I'll come back to you, Catherine, where actually you don't do any writing at all? Would that happen? Could there be months, you know, and you wouldn't write at all, Catherine? Yeah, actually, um, and I just um, written the word in, in as um, read here called deadline, which is... Um, with the old deadline is it if you don't have a deadline it's really scary so um so our commission uh, with a deadline so um and again if i could just not to crush the dreams of those watching but 
And I'm telling you that, and I've just had a series on air. I didn't give up my day job because this is Ireland. You know, okay. you don't give up your day job. Or when I say day job, I mean my money earning work because so this is to a long-winded way of explaining when I, if I'm not writing a commission or, you know, working to a deadline with the new TV idea, um, I'm working to clients' deadlines, writing websites, commercials, you know, magazine articles for money to pay their bills. So and they all have inbuilt deadlines, which I love because without an inbuilt deadline, it's it's just, I don't know any writer in the world who I've ever met who said, oh yeah, I, I just sit at the desk and I just, um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm just like, even novelists, they usually have, you know, they have a sense of, I'm going to get send this to my agent or whatever. Hmm. You know, kudos to the person who um, who will just sit there and um, just just right away or else if they have a trust fund, that's great. But for most of us, you know, you got to you got to pay the bills. So. So, yeah, um, sorry, that's a bit of an unclear out. No, 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 I hear you. The yeah. only thing I would say to yeah. that, Catherine, on behalf of maybe people listening, going, well, it's OK, because you, Catherine, have the kind of job you're kind of swimming in that pool. Yeah. Is, is that reasonable to say if you're not working in a shop, you're not working in an office. So you're in that sort of creative world and those deadlines are assisting you. So is there something to be said for the job that you have? is actually helping you in indirectly in yeah. your writing. No, one, no, absolutely. And again, it, like, and it wasn't accidental, but but it was, it's fortuitous that my money earning work at the moment is writing, as you say, Susan, at a desk, very grateful that I can make my living from commercial writing. Yeah. And then when, you know, the gods shine down and when uh, I was told, yeah, we're Southwest East gets the green light, then that's a whole other set of deadlines. But that's, then I push aside the commercial work and hope to Jesus that the clients don't, you know, will remember me in a year's time and go, please, you know, so, but yeah. And again, that's, that's more deadline and that's Mm. great. But no, Mm. to be brutally honest, if there ain't a deadline for a commission or if no one says we want a website written, we pay you money, do it. I really struggle to sit up and go, okay, today, the black page no way no no struggle struggle yes okay jennifer what about you are you going to tell us that you love the blank page um i mean i think i might be a little bit more of a fan of the blank page than catherine i mean fair city is incredible discipline for you got to deliver sometimes you know you'll get a phone call on a afternoon going can you add seven more minutes to your episode and can you have that done for tomorrow morning so there is no waiting around for the muse you Mm -hmm. just have to get on and do it Mm -hmm. and obviously you know getting to write regularly on a show like fair city is brilliant because it gives you that structure and you are actually writing scripts and so then it's about like building in time to write your own things because we have to self-generate our own work yeah no one is going to knock on your door and go here's a pile of money and here's a program I want you to write. So there's a lot of writing on spec. There's a lot of kind of unpaid stuff and you kind of have to enjoy that ideas process because otherwise, you know, you just go insane with it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, kind of trying to build in like structured hours in the week where I'm working on new ideas or I'm polishing existing ideas that I'm endlessly pitching out to producers working on funding submissions yeah I mean try and do it I wouldn't say nine to five 
but I do try and keep kind of once I started like working from home as a writer mm-hmm. I sort of made a conscious promise to myself that I would keep like regular hours okay and get up and get dressed in the morning yeah so you have you have a sense of discipline yeah uh, yeah about approaching it yeah what about you Jenny is it the same for you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely in terms of the discipline and the juggle between, you know, what you have to do to pay the bills and, you know, your, your own your own work. So, I mean, I, I have work and I have my own work. So I was trying to find a balance between the two of those. But certainly when it is your own work, I mean, I think I'd probably approach it you know with even more discipline in a way because you know it's it's time you're not being paid for and you, yes. you have to make it you know you have to yeah. try and make it productive mm. so um so discipline again for you you, you have yeah. disciplined yourself yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. It, it doesn't always work like you can have a days where you get nothing done you yeah. know you do stuff and you read it back and you go jesus christ mm. you know i might as yeah. well just you know yeah gone out with the dog yes, or something yes yeah um but yeah i mean and 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 kind of and even when you know like jennifer's saying that the, the blank page where you're starting a new idea or something mm-hmm. i think you'd i mean i have to approach it with the idea of a deadline at some point so you okay. kind of you want to get it to this stage so you can submit it to x mm-hmm. or you know so so that it's mm-hmm. creating the kind of the the actual mm-hmm. page work structure around your own so in a way you can create your own deadlines well that's what i i do yes you know so i mean apart from fair city which i know they are they're imposed and you need them but for somebody writing away at home from what i'm hearing it's important that they actually aim for something like there's a contest or a competition or i want to put in i'm going to write towards that maybe that's just something that needs to be done in this in this particular um field yeah, actually, Susan, yeah, I'm yeah. clearly, I am, I am, you know, I am the, the bad person of the class because the other pair are clearly ramping away with their, oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's 10 or 11. I am allowing myself 50 minutes to do my, my God, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, after exactly. this webinar, I'll tell you, after this webinar, I'll be shutting down and doing my Catherine's idea. <laughs> no, I, I did find, and just again, not to obsess about the deadline, but no, we're all in agreement. Yeah. Uh, and it's a human, it's a human, it's a universal thing. Yeah. Without a deadline, you know, humans were like, we're, let's go to the beach. Just, let's yeah, go you'd lie down. Dogs. So yeah. actually, I, and I do recall, I was I was farting around with South Westry's idea, workshopping it in my own head. Mm-hmm. It was only when I saw a Screen Skills Ireland plug plug, um, not deliberately, but it is, uh, yes. we're running a course for, um, refine your pitch or how to pitch your right, idea. That's interesting. It, it and a, Catherine, can I stop yeah. you for one minute? Because yeah. I have just realized I have made a cardinal sin. And that is that I never at this at the top of the, the, the our show before it began, I never thanked Screen Skills Ireland who actually are funding this event. Oh. So they're doing a hell of a lot of great work and they're putting on some fantastic um, uh, schemes and, and events. Yeah. Yeah, Susan, well, and, and again, and they're not paying me to say this, but it's because of those courses yeah. That I a with that and that particular one, you know, polish your pitch with this lovely German woman. I think Jennifer was on it as well, and that was my oh, deadline. Your writers guild run, Catherine. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Okay, Catherine, you're going to lose your job as the uh, deputy chair yeah, if you're yeah. not careful. Okay, well, you know, I've attended many Screen Skills Ireland ones as well. They are um, good. And probably oh, yeah. where you br- and that's that's another like pretendy deadline, but no, it's not a pretend. It's a good deadline because yeah. then 
for those moments where you're doing your little blank yeah. business, you go, okay, that course and um, that day long course or the, the weekend course, thanks to Sweet Skills Art, is mm-hmm. happening in two weeks' time. And they uh, and on the application, it said, please bring along your pitch. Okay. So it's the ultimate way of, oh my God, well, there's my deadline. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, you're stupid to pay for a course and then rock up with no yes. idea. So yes. that's, that's so to pay people watching yeah. or listening. Yeah. Try and, you know, put, as, as the girls were saying, sign up for something whether it's a yes. course or a workshop yeah. and then you have yes. to do yeah. your thing so yeah. that's, would, and that's possible for everybody to do yeah, it, I think really. so. um yeah. Jennifer can I come to you and ask you okay I understand that we're not all coming from the same place so let's say Jenny and Jennifer are most inconvenient that they both have similar names very inconvenient I know. Sorry, Susan. anyway sure look um uh okay so you you two are uh you are working on Fair City. It's a wonderful opportunity. Obviously, it's great. And there are so many people would love uh, to have uh, that, that job. But clearly, then, you also want to do other things. I want to ask both of you, starting with you, Jennifer. Like, are there, are there times where you just don't have ideas? I mean, what about people listening that go, I just, I mean, I have no more ideas. I can't think. I don't know what to, to do. Jennifer, do you ever find yourself in that position or have you an infinite well of ideas? I think the times when you find yourself in that position mm-hmm. are when you're getting in your own way and you're putting too much pressure on yourself because you're, you are doing that staring at the blank page going, I need to come up with an idea. And sometimes it's not that you don't have ideas, but you don't have good ideas. Yeah. Or once you start to dig into the idea, you're like, oh, I don't know about this. And you end up with lots of sort of ideas that you started mm-hmm. and never um never saw through and I think the thing is take yourself away from your desk when you're trying to come up with Mm. ideas I mean lockdown has not been helpful for this yes but to go and you know I mean it's the cliche of sitting in a cafe with a notebook and just or doing other things Mm. letting those ideas come Mm. taking the pressure off yourself Mm. to come up with an idea Mm. and then they'll flow I mean we all have endless ideas it's just letting them like come to the surface right. and then spending the time sort of with them and coaxing them. Mm. And, and Jennifer, I'm presuming that once you kind of space that you can't, you haven't got the ideas. And if once you do what you're saying one should do and kind of chill and go, right, I'm going to mosey down to a cafe or I'm just going to take the heat off. I would presume that once that happens first, that then the next time you go, that happened to me once before and I just relaxed and they came. I guess you get confidence it's in your a own ability to generate completely. ideas. Is that true? Yeah, it's absolutely a practice and a confidence thing of knowing yourself as a writer, yeah. knowing what works for you. Like there are no hard and fast rules. You know, yes. what works for me doesn't necessarily work for Catherine or for Jenny. Right. Um, so it's just, it's trusting yourself as a writer. It's trusting yes. your ideas. Yeah. Okay. And just getting out of your own way. Okay. What do you think about that, Jenny? Anything? Yeah, no, I'd agree. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be short of ideas. I mean, mm. they may not be good ideas, but I, I mean, I always have for years, yeah. like I, I have a, a little notebook always in my bag. So you just, something occurred to you, you'll hear mm. something, you know, on, on, on a bus right. or over here or read something or hear something on the radio. Mm. And I just jot them down. It'll seem, sometimes it'll seem like just so incredibly brilliant at the time. Yes. Um, and then when you dig into it a bit more, you, you realise, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'm, 
not. And, and, and Jenny, you know the way you're saying there, maybe you dig into it and then you kind of go, nah, maybe that's so good. And, and Jennifer made the same point. Do you think that... Um, that, that ability to self-assess an idea, is that something that comes with experience? Well, it probably does, but it's also kind of, there's, a, there's an element of pragmatism. You know, it's like you, you don't have endless time mm. to, to develop ideas. Mm. So, you know, and often it'll be, you'll kind of think, okay, where might this idea fit? Would it be a mm. short story? Would I, you know, mm. could it be a few, would I submit it for X or Y or whatever? Because you also, you're writing a novel, aren't you? You, for, you yeah, do I've, different kinds of I, writing. Yeah, I've started. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've written short stories. I've, I've yes, been. yes. So, yeah, and actually the reason I started writing a novel because I, you know, I got to the point where I realized I had spent all these years on all these ideas yes. that had yes. I had all these scripts mm. on old hard drives yeah. and under the bed yeah. that had all and some of them had gone like very far mm. you know had almost made it mm. but if, if a screenplay doesn't make it it just doesn't exist in no, the world. I know. yeah you know yeah. so I mean and and Jenny, that, can that I just tack on another you. question to you there by saying it like uh, my question and I go back to the others for it but but you've sort of answered it and, and, and I'm curious to jump in here you know I was going to say, do you ever think, oh, my God, I just cannot take this anymore because and we will come to this in a minute, because, of course, the, the locus of power doesn't reside with you as a screenwriter. I mean, to the extent you can write whatever you like, you can do whatever you like, but there's you can only take it on your on your own as an individual so far. And then you need to, to broaden it out. So I was going to say, are, were there moments for all of you? But but Jenny, I think that you may have answered that there where you kind of went, you know what? I've slugged away for a number of years and I've just about had it. Did you have that moment then? Is that why you moved into other forms of writing? Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, when also it's a kind of a combination of you, you, you get to the point where you say, I've had it, but you also, and I don't know if this happens to the other girls, but for me over all the years, every time like you get so far and be rejected, I would just, for me, that would be, you're not good enough. You actually shouldn't be doing right. this at all. Yeah. you know why don't you you know why yeah. have you wasted all these years on something yeah. that you just don't have it yes but then i don't know the stubborn party kind of goes well back fuck it yes up, you know yes yeah and, and jennifer what about you i go back this way what, what about you what about that kind of i just about had it i've given it now my best shot and really life is short and have you ha ever had that oh god yeah i don't think there's any writer and i think particularly female writers yeah. uh, who haven't had that um and I think, yeah, you get those rejections or you get those really harsh notes or really harsh readers reports and your heart sinks and you cry and you yeah. wallow to your friend, yeah. you know, and you do go, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Absolutely what Jenny was saying. You question, are you good enough? You yeah. know, all yeah. of that. But then you do learn to pick yourself back up again. Yeah. And to keep going and that's part of the process and like mm. it's like one of those horrible things but like you do learn something from all of those rejections and mm. all of those no's mm. and I think the most important thing to learn is like what your bottom line is yeah. in terms of what you believe about the stories that yes, you're reading yes, and the things yes. you want to tell yeah um so Jennifer yeah. when you get notes back mm -hmm. this just popped into my head now uh when you get notes back and you're saying you learn, you can learn from things. And I know you can, and you can get good notes and learn. But can you get dreadful notes also that you disagree with? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that must be very, that must be very sort of uh, debilitating when you feel that the person has missed the point. 
it's soul destroying. Mm. I mean, it really is. And I guess there are different kinds of notes. Obviously, when you get notes on a show like Fair City, mm. that's a little bit different because even yeah. though they can be incredibly harsh, mm. it's someone else's show. And so you can slightly detach yourself and go, yeah. fine, if this is what they want me to do, I may not agree with it, but they're mm-hmm. paying me to write it. So, yeah. you know, I'll swallow it down. Yes. And do whatever they want me yes. to do when it's your own stuff. And you get harsh notes. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, because it is, you're like, they just don't get it. And then, of course, mm. you question yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and mm. that have you just not ex- written it well enough? Or is it just, you know, like you get these things of like, oh, you know, and it's all because it can all be quite vague of like, it's not big enough, mm. you know? Yes. And you yes. Go, but what does that mean? Yes. And also, yes. does everything have to be big? Yes. So it's just, I think it's letting yourself feel the feels. Right. Right. Notes. Uh, yes. And also when you know they're, when you get, you know it's right. Yes. That's when it really, really gets you. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Catherine, I'm going to move to something entirely different with you and ask you this. There's an awful lot of talk now about... Uh, well, female protagonists. We've we've had a we've had some good uh, change, I think, in this country in film, certainly, and I'm sure it's the same with TV. We we have had a shift over the last few years, but I'm not saying we're there yet. But I, I think there has been a shift. But there is a lot of talk, both nationally and internationally, about you know the need to get more female protagonists in a variety of roles and also more diverse characters in a variety of roles. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you? Do you think the writer? has the power effectively to change the landscape in that regard i yeah. mean does it start with the writer yeah, now i know we're going to talk about the southwesterly separately minute but and i'm fascinated to talk all about that with you but i'm talking more general point now because somebody said to me recently when i was talking to them um well look you know if you think things aren't working out right go back to the writer because they're the ones who conceive of the characters is it as simple as that yeah, well, um, yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I'd like to get all political and go, oh, Paris the Bee, blah, 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 but actually, yeah. no, I, yeah, I, I think it is that simple. We are, and this is what's great about being a writer, we're the first, we're, we're the, um, the alpha and the omega. No, we're, we're, the, we're the embryo, this idea, this is ours, and we take yes. it to market, we, or we, oh, yes, we hand it over to producers, and there's collaboration, and it goes up the chain, or I shouldn't say up the chain, whatever, across the chain. Yes. But no, we are the people who go, okay, light bulb, this is my idea. And um, and sorry, just I, I sort of I wanted to just chip in. Yes, of course. Because, um, you were just saying about inspiration and yeah. it does lead into this. And this is where um, I have mixed views. Every other week I go, oh, woman of a certain age, me, how do I feel about that? But m- mostly I'm coming down on the, um, I think I've, as I've got older, um, I've got angrier, which has actually helped from my inspiration because um, that just saying, looking at the blank page, how do we get our ideas overheard conversations made Finchy style? For me, it's um, uh, what two things that might help people listening is um, uh, I watch I, I watch something utterly shite on Netflix, and I go, well, really, that that's that's our bar, and I go, yeah, do you know something? Whatever about those moments where I think, uh, you know, do I have a good idea? Well, I tell you, it's better than what I've just seen, so that really boosts my confidence. Yeah. Um, and secondly. Oh yeah, the women thing. Um, yeah, I, th- I think writers have done it. So um, 
my favorite shows the past few years have been Sally Rainwright's Happy Valley. Oh, uh, love it! Yeah, not just written and directed by a woman, but the, the, the her Lancashire Sarah Lancashire, her protagonist, amazing. Then on a more sort of middle class thing, there's um so across the social spectrum, Abby Morgan, another UK yeah, writer who wrote the Split series one and two again. Uh, female family, mother, sisters, they're all lawyers. Sounds enough, but it's actually brilliant. Uh, the characters, they're great. You know, they're uh, uh, so, okay, so they're not, uh, they're they're well off and that, but they mm. still have their own issues. Yeah. Um, obviously, not obviously, but I, I'll jump on the Mayor of Easttown bandwagon because I, I just loved it. Yes. And then a completely fluffy, but equally brilliant was the flight attendant. So um, it was the actress who was in the Big Bang Theory. She was... She played Penny. She was the female foil, and she's now the starring of Flight Attendant Skylandic. It's um, it's a caper and it's a thriller, but she is she is in every single scene. And funny of those four I've mentioned, Mary Beast Town was actually authored yeah. by a man. That's right. Flight Attendant, uh, based on a book by a guy, mm-hmm. and obviously Sally Rainwright and, and Abby Morgan, two yeah. women. So so kudos to the lads for yeah. giving us. Well, certainly. Brad Inglesby, who authored Mare of Easttown, oh, major hats off. And on my sort of, oh, men can't write women. Well, certainly Brad did. Oh, did he what? So, yes. so yeah, my point is, yes, yes these great authors mm. have given us these amazing female protagonists mm. and uh, of a certain age, except for Flight Attendant, she's kind of in her late 20s. But mm. Happy Valley, uh, The Split Girls and Mare of Easttown, all mm. in their, you know, 40s mm. and and so watchable. Okay, okay, Catherine, I hear you. Um, yeah. I mean, we could talk about that point alone for, for forever, but I, I want to jump to Jennifer because I'm wondering, Jennifer and, and Jenny, whether there is a difference uh, between film and TV because Catherine is talking about it starts with the writer and I accept that. However, do either of you have a, have a, a view on whether, whether you have the same freedom you certainly have the same freedom to write any characters you want for anything by the way but i wonder are there are there more gatekeepers in film maybe not what yeah, do you actually, think jennifer excuse, sorry just you're absolutely yeah. right well spotted and funny i didn't even realize i was doing it i have just picked all television isn't it funny that yeah. i did that because i i struggled to do yeah anyway sorry lads no, yeah, that's it, what do you think spotted. jennifer yeah, I mean, I will say I mainly write in television, so that is my experience. But I think, and this might be across the board of both film and television, that while there's absolutely an appetite for more diverse characters, yeah. and, you know, they're really crying out for it. Mm. I think that there is still a notion of what, well, and this probably is particularly um, film of like what makes a good script and a good writer and that is just because those ideas have been around for so long is very much based in Mm -hmm. a patriarchal sense Mm -hmm. of hero's journey and you know male even if it's with like female characters Mm -hmm. that it's that much more male um psyche driven narrative Mm -hmm. which doesn't necessarily suit you know Mm. more a more female approach um, to storytelling Um, and I mean that's you know there are men who can write in a more female way there are women who write in a more male way um, (coughs) in terms of writing style Mm. and I think that is a problem that we still um, come up against. Mm. Jenny what do you think and Jenny you have you're you're kind of working across film as well and in your answer would you please uh, reference to by the way your 
your recent uh, shortlisting for that Writers Lab, which I'm fascinated to hear about. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a really nice surprise. I mean, I agree um, with, with Jennifer and, and with Catherine that, I mean, I think a good writer can actually, is just a good writer, you know, regardless of, you know, I mean, of course you bring experience, you bring understanding and audience is diverse, mm. so stories should be. Mm. Um, but I do think Jennifer's point about the difference between film and TV, I mean, TV is, you know, it, it's long form, so you have a much longer time. Yeah to unfold a story whereas film is it's shorter it's it's the, the structure of, of story for film is much more hero's journey based yeah. it's kind of goal based yeah. which does tend to suit those sort of male kind of drive or what we understand of the hero's journey um better than I mean that that fits male experience stories more because right. you know traditionally yeah. we, women tend to have more nuanced episodic mm. as yeah. I know. I think okay. any woman writer has been told her writing is too episodic. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do think it fits those kind of low-key, yeah. emotional, internal, where the drama is internal mm -hmm. rather than big bang, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my own... Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've written for Fair City for years. I've, I've, I've developed TV ideas that have been developed to a certain point, uh, features also... This current one uh, is called Dysphoria, and it's uh, I, I got the one of the, the Screen Ireland screenplay development loans from right. last year, the year before last, actually. Um, so th th that that was a finalist in the the Writers Lab for this That's year, and it was actually really, I mean, it was it was a surprise because I have been I sort of was going through a really tough time with it because the the first draft, I mean, it's never a first draft, but the draft you send out to producers was getting, like, not the response I wanted, oh, Okay, let's say. So yes. I was getting back those, you know, either damn with faint praise, yes. kind of nice response, and then a couple of really honest, direct, heartbreaking, good punching yeah. feedback. Which was, I have to say, I so after I got over the heart attack and the depression and you know my life mm. is meaningless, mm. um, I just really, really appreciate it and it's been enormously helpful. So, so you I think mean, it was fair feedback, Jenny? Was oh, it? Oh yeah. Fair? I think it was like just a couple of, of and that's what I think about feedback. You have to be very careful about who you look for it from. Yes, yeah. You know, that you trust their opinion, that you value it, that it's worth taking. Um and yeah, so I have a, that extremely helpful. I mean, and I was actually kind of halfway to a new, a totally new pass on it when I got the news that I did. That, that was That's a final wonderful. Well, so, yeah, congratulations, so those, Jenny. Great, yeah, great to see that. Great to see that. Bit of encouragement to kind yeah, of, you know. Yeah. Well, I want to come to you now for another good news story, Catherine, because. Southwesterlies, I mean, you're getting some fair audience viewing. I mean, that's a very popular show. And I'd love you to talk us through where the idea came from. And, and, you know, I just want to say that when, and maybe this is the difference between film and TV as well, because, of course, one of the wonderful things about it is the, what, what might be termed, you know, in my own academic type of writing, the mature female protagonist. But uh, I remember talking to another writer a few years ago who was talking about her idea and she was dealing with producers and there was some interest it was a film and uh, she had a character of 45 plus or something around that and she was asked could she make 
the woman, um, I think it was 36 or seven or something and pretty. Uh, she was actually asked that. So to me, and I mean, I, I, we haven't time to go into it, but we'll be doing, we'll be doing some events around uh, women uh, aging and screen uh, in WIFT over the next few months. But Catherine, I mean, you, you, something you said resonated with me there because I mean, we're not seeing enough um, older women on screen. I think there's more scope on television, and I think there, there, there are changes. But sometimes the, the changes are the exceptions. We go, what about what about? But you know, Helen Mirren and, and Judy Dench can only fill so many slots, and people keep mentioning them. So, yeah. can you talk us through Southwesterns? Did you have in mind an, a, a female actor of a certain age, or was that just the way it fell? No, and actually, like I really didn't ha um, cast wise that that sort of came after the fact. I, I was just savagely insistent that whatever changed about the show, the, the, our main gal, um, who was called Kate, um, because I'm Catherine, and obviously every female protagonist has a version of my name. But anyway, no. <laughs> um, so no, I, that was it. Was literally that was it. She had to be in her mid to late forties. And that was my no deal. That was the idea of no, you know, let's yeah. change anything you like. She yeah. is going to be in her mid to late forties. Yeah. And yeah. And again, I, I think I, do you know something, not selfishly, but I just thought I'm going to spend three years as, yeah, what turned out it was be, between it going on air in September 20 mm. and backing to the very first day when I met Ailish McElmeel of Deadpan mm. Pictures, who actually has posted a really nice chat there thing earlier about, about a really nice um, piece about how us writers can just get in touch with our creative side. But no, oh, and wonderful. I see, I, without my specs on, I can't see anything, which maybe sometimes is a blessing, Catherine. Oh, yeah, no, but anyway, shout out to Irish Fair Play to you, as, and you probably, she probably knows what I'm going to say now. But anyway, um, yeah, so it was that that was it. It was, it was, oh, yeah, as a, as a woman myself of a certain age, I hate that expression, um, I thought I'm going to spend three plus years writing and rewriting and working on this. So um, basically, I want her to be someone I can relate to. I don't want, and actually, do you know something? I don't, I want to write what I know, you know? I just want to write, I know what women of that age are, you know, what are they like? What are they, what's probably in their life? They probably have, some of them may have yeah. teenage sons. Yeah. You know, I get her, her romantic life. I, I can guess what it would be about. I just felt confident I can write this gal. Whereas, yeah. you know, some, some of their 20s, you know, I don't really find, yeah, you know, that's not for me. Yeah. Great, but and so, yeah. and actually, clever me, I made sure that the characters, that there was a smattering of, that there were two, a 19 and 18 year old. Yeah. It was, um, we had Ger Ryan played as a, a trendy 60 something. So I, yeah. I got them all in there, but no, main gal was going to be late 40s because, you know, that's what I just wanted to write, this woman yeah. who, um, and, and you know, just cool. And let's be seen her on screen. And then very soon after we, we were sort of in development, Ailish um, McElmeel of Deadpan Pictures got together with our casting, um, Louise Kylie casting, and yeah. Orla Brady's name came up. And it was like, oh my God, Ledge, stunning, uh, and uh, the right age. No, in fact, bizarrely, Orla is even older than exactly. The I was. Listen, she's absolutely a joy to behold, Orla. Sorry, yeah. she's luminescent. And, yeah, she is. You know, oh my, sorry, a fan, girl crush, hashtag oh, girl me crush. too, me too. Yeah, but she just, and also, in fairness, she wasn't, let's just say, no, I mean, she was in demand, but she wasn't exactly, um, you know, offers coming over the phone. She was delighted. She was happy to get the nod. It wasn't wow, like, oh, sorry, yeah. I'm doing 20 Marvel reboots over yeah, the state. I, I can't know. make time. So, yeah. you know, so she was available, thank God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do you know something? That's another good thing. 
women, great actresses in their 40s, early 50s, they're available and, and they're going, yeah, we'll do it. So, and so, yeah. you know, I mean, Ailish, if, yeah. if she's still there, we'll listen to this. But there was a scene, Catherine, yeah. at one stage where Orla, um, the, the Orla we're talking about now, it's not Orla, it is, but Kate or whatever. Yeah. Um, she walks into the sea in her bathing suit. And we see yeah. her walking from the back. And I was yeah. thinking to myself, you don't see this is just a reality. It's a, first of all, it was a different visual. It wasn't a lingering, uh, you know, it wasn't the usual sort of sexualized okay. image. Yeah. Yeah. But that is, it was such a positive image at the same time, because how many of those just ordinary images of older women do we see okay. in a swimsuit? Yeah. No, we don't, because of course, and this is another hobby horse, and we haven't got time to get into it here, but you have that sort of, a kind of appearance of, an, of the older female body as well, which is yeah. well, I thought that was very know. interesting. Susan, I don't do this very often because us writers are so, well, I'll speak because I'm so neurotic, but I'm going to take that compliment because I wrote that scene um, that was not a, oh, do you know what would be nice if Orla well, got in for a, a swim? No, no, that was her her sea, her beachiness and her loving the swimming. Yes. That was a huge part of her. Yeah. And, and exactly. So thank you that you noticed that. Yeah, you're right. And it wasn't a, uh, you know, boobs out. It was a yeah. regular swimsuit. You know, she had seaweed in her hair when she came out. Mm. It was just, thank, yeah, I loved it. It was just there. I mean, we don't all look like Orla, but still. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's lovely to see her. And she wasn't lounging. Um, yes, exactly. Lounging and go, yeah. it was just, I'm swimming. Hello, yes. I'm swimming. Because that's what I like to do. Yes. So thanks. Thanks. Susan. That, that is, is great, Catherine. And Catherine, are you delighted to have had the opportunity to do that show? Yeah, because it's yeah. really doing well. Oh, Susan, thanks for saying that. Like, it's currently, uh, plug, plug, currently streaming uh, on wow. Acorn TV in US, Canada, UK, Australia. You must need to pinch yourself, do you? No, well, I tell you, yeah, I, I am. Um, I mean, it was the buzz is slightly faded because, um, and again, no tales out of school. And if, Eilish, if you're still there, Eilish, hi. But just around Easter, we got news, having done a mother load of writing in series two, that the funding and uh, the UK slash US funders had uh, pulled out. So um, sadly, uh, for the moment, series two is just being shelved, but ne never say never. So just for now. Oh, that's such a shame. Yeah, little, uh, well, actually, and you know, um, without being bitter twisted, um, I guarantee you if uh, Orla Brady had stabbed Patrick Bergen <laughs> at some point, um, we would not be, no, seriously. Oh, if, if there was no, if there was more, actually, this is again, we're, we're hearing, if there was more crime, if there was murder, if there's a bit of rapage thrown in, I guarantee we would not have been canned. And, you know, that's the vibe is. That must be very disappointing, Catherine. Yeah, well, to be honest, it just says, you know, the taste for crime is mm. still oh, it's huge. huge. It's, it's huge. huge. So our, our little heartfelt drama set in West Cork with, you know, a bit of love, bit of romance, you know, wind farm shenanigans, how zeitgeist is that? It just wasn't, it just, it just need the darkness sells. And the, I can, I'm, I'm trying to squint here reading Ailish saying never say die and just to say RTE really wanted back. Oh yeah. And she's explaining some reason why. Oh, sorry. No, Ailish, I'm there. Yeah. And absolutely to be clear, anyone who's listening, RTE were 110%. Which is great to hear. Yeah. No, the national broadcaster, they knew it ticked so many boxes. It was going down very well. Yeah. The audience Sunday night slot, slot at 9.30. How blessed were we? And Orti were so committed to it. So I know I did make a point there. It was our, it was other, it was, it was COVID. It was the US going, ah, you know, we're going to clean up our slate. Yeah. 
They I know, told, I know, you know, I know, I know. Uh, yes, Ailish is mentioning there about a great audience share as well. So, yeah. but we know that. We know that, Ailish. We know it was extremely successful. Catherine, we could talk on, but we'd have sorry, to move sorry, on. Sorry. Jennifer, to something, I'm looking at the time because I knew what would happen when I spoke to writers. Of course, I'd end up, you know, having a packed lunch and, 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 and a picnic, uh, a picnic uh, table and, and blanket here. I could sit talking for hours. Jennifer, you are chair of the Writers Guild. Now, I know that you have your own you know, hopes and dreams and issues about writing. But can I ask you for a minute to park those and tell me what do you want to see happen in the Writers Guild? What do you want to do for writers in the Writers Guild? And as well, importantly, who can join the Writers Guild? So I'll start with the last part of that first. Yeah. Um, so there are two levels of membership for the Writers Guild. There is full membership if you have a contract uh, for paid writing work, be that in film, television, radio, or theater. And then there's also an associate membership level. So if you're a student, if you're a recent graduate, if you are a writer who hasn't quite got your first contract mm -hmm. in um, yeah. paid work, you can join as an associate member. Uh, and is that worth doing, Jennifer, do you think? It absolutely is. Um, so many of the events, like the event that um, Catherine mentioned, mm -hmm. the sort of pitch training, yeah. are open to all. Some of our events are only open for full members, but many of them are open to full and associate members. Right. You get our fabulous fortnightly newsletter. You get a lot of talks and um, in-person events when we can do in-person events again. Uh, you get to go to the Zebby Awards when we get to do oh, the Zebby Awards yes. in person again. And you're part and of a tribe, aren't you, Jennifer? You're you are part, part of, of a tribe. tribe. You're part of a community. Yeah. And you also can get really solid contract and yeah. legal advice, yeah. which is hugely important too. It's brilliant. It's really brilliant. Now, what was about the bit before that? I was saying to you, are, they, are you tying that in with what you want to do? Or, or have you things that you want to achieve for the Guild in your role? Yeah, um, so I took over as chair of the guild last September. So in the middle of lockdown, I've not yeah. got to do any in-person events with the membership yet. But really, I think the key thing that I want um, for the guild is that writers feel like it's a place for them mm. and that writers feel like they are part of the guild mm. and part of the community of writers. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are bigger political things that I want. Yes. Um, I want writers to be recognized much more by the industry. I want the funders to assign more funding that's writer only and development funding that writers can apply for development. Mm -hmm. So we're not having to do that work for free in yes. order to apply for development mm -hmm. and having to you know, match with producers and stuff. Yeah. Kind of, we want to really address the balance of power. Yes. I mean, those are kind of... So they're big campaigns. They're big campaigns. issues. Yeah. 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 Great. Jenny, can I kind of shift the questioning now in a, in a way to this? I want each of you to imagine somebody listening in at home. Now, they could be either somebody who kind of really is a closet writer. They want to do it, but they haven't really done it. And they're kind of, they kind of, I don't even know where to begin. And it's so hard to break in and of course none of you are telling them anything that's going to change their mind on that one um or you might have somebody who's done a certain bit of writing who's kind of you know wants to kind of you know move up a level or so on jenny what would you say because that could have been you one time couldn't it that person well, 
Absolutely. I mean, and actually, I mean, one thing that I do tell my screenwriting yeah. students when they're when they're leaving is to, to join the guild yeah. as associate members because it's a, it's a really good starting point. Yeah. Um, I mean, otherwise, the, to, for my myself, um, I mean, a, a very good piece of advice for anybody young starting out is like we've talked about, how are you going to pay your bills? Mm. So do you have some other skill mm. outside of writing yeah. that will you know that that will pay but not hopefully interfere completely mm. or take mm. over because mm. that juggle between yeah. paid work and mm. you know mm. creative work is a really really tough one mm. um and well childcare is a whole other thing as well mm. for 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 lots of people um I, I don't think you think about that when you start out anything so you probably shouldn't but I think what I said earlier about um being able to take constructive criticism or being constructive about how you take criticism Mm. I think that's a really I mean for me that's a really big one it's to not be flattened I mean I have wasted way too much of my life being flattened and knocked back and destroyed Mm. by a negative response to work you lose time you, do. you know, and and I just think to be able to mm. to get what you can out of it mm. and and use it to, to push forward. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's I mean, I suppose I mean, I agree with you 100 percent, Jenny. In one way, you're sort of trying, are you to say to people, look, this is actually the reality out there. So you, you're not trying to conceal the reality from them. You're trying to armor them in a way to be able to take that reality and, and kind of meet it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, and obviously, I mean, before any of that, I think the the most important thing about being a writer mm. is like to have something to yeah. say. And yes. like Catherine said earlier, I really think it helps to be angry about things. Yes. To yeah. not be passive about the world, yeah. you know, because if you don't really if you don't have shit that you want to yes. you know, take on. Yes. And you're going to care and you're yeah. going to bring passion yeah. to, yeah. you know, you, you, you're going to yeah. write bland stuff. Yeah. So I just, yeah. I do think that kind because of anger, passion and... Is it true, Jenny, to say, do you think, that you can teach people the craft of writing, but you can't teach them what to write, can you not? I mean, you no. must have something burning inside to say. I think you do. I mean, and, and what you can teach of craft, um, I think is minimal enough. Mm. You know, I mean, and I've taught mm. MA and undergrad, yeah. I have been yeah. done for years and years. Yeah. Um, and really, I think in terms of, you know, teach and creative practice, yeah. the best thing you can do is mentor, yeah. you know, and, and, and encourage, because I think yeah. in, ter- in terms of, you know, taught yeah. stuff, yeah. you know, actual curriculum, yeah. it's very limited. It's yeah. then helping, you know, it's giving yeah. feedback, it's nurturing yeah. as people put that you know, that knowledge of craft into practice. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Jennifer, you you know that I admire very much your openness about rejection and, you know, you don't hide it. Do you you agree with Jenny that that we have to kind of uh, expect it, that people have to expect rejection and have to brace themselves? Is there anything to be said, or is this very naive? Is there anything to be said for the fact that maybe some of the industry personnel need need to be a little I don't know maybe kinder is a foolish word but you know that there's a professionalism required that maybe doesn't need to be so harsh Jennifer yes I mean 
so first of all, I think we need to normalize rejection. Getting rejected is part and parcel of being a writer. It is no reflection on your qualities as a writer or the quality of your work. It's just that it's the wrong time or the wrong people or someone else has pitched something to you. Like there's so many reasons. And generally, it is very little to do with actually you mm. and your script. Yes, kindness is always good. We do need to hear constructive criticism. Mm. You know, like Jenny was saying, there is no point in someone sugarcoating it. And like, you can see a mile off when someone is doing, you know, the like fake, oh, this is lots of potential kind <laughs> of thing. You know, I mean, if notes are harsh, but they're constructive. Yeah brilliant like the notes are always going to sting rejection is yeah. always going to sting but it's yeah. something constructive in there amazing it's when they're not constructive yeah it's when they're dismissive mm. um i find sometimes when i'm writing things that aren't soap i'll get something in like a little note that references soap in a disparaging way yeah. Um, it's that stuff where you're going this oh. isn't helping anybody yeah. um, you know yeah. some of the greatest yeah. writers in the UK have come yes true. Um, yeah. I think probably what I would love is if people you know funders and producers could actually drop some of their preconceptions um, about soap writers but yeah I think the more we talk about rejection the more we make it a normal part of the process and part of the conversation I think the better, and I think sometimes as well, and I suspect this may be a particularly Irish thing because the industry is so small. I think sometimes producers don't want to say no to us. And so instead they just don't reply to us. And yes, I was going to bring that up because yes. to me, from what I hear as well, you know, it's kind of like, if it's not going well, or if the next step is not coming, it seems to be one of the few areas in the world I think that you just assume that silence means no sorry you know you wouldn't accept it in any other profession with any other professional would you if you're a doctor you're a dentist or you know a teacher in the school you know no matter who you look at you would expect a sort of a, a response but you know I've spoke to people and they're going well nobody got back so I got the message it seems terribly yes and sometimes that isn't the message this is the problem because sometimes they are just genuinely busy or you know something else has come along and has taken up their manpower and so then you as a writer end up kind of being the needy writer yes. emailing them going remember me and that's the thing that actually you know that's probably the hardest thing as a writer yes. to keep knocking on it's demoralizing i'm sure um but we have to keep doing it yeah going back to them no, Catherine. And absolutely. And just to go on for that, just about yeah. something like if anyone listening or sort of the, the people maybe emerging, not because yeah. the rest of you probably know this, yeah. but um, and it, maybe I'm I probably were coming with my advertising hat on, which has actually served me well. But um, I just have written down two words, sell it. So um, I, I think um, and this also takes the pressure off. Mm. So instead of this is my precious baby and oh, my God, if they say bad things about it, I will die. Yeah. Uh, try and shift into, OK, I'm selling something I, because you are. This is a yeah. business. Never forget this. Yeah. So your project, your pitch, you're selling yes. it to the producer. She is selling it to the funders. Yes. Uh, she's selling it to the directors, to the casting agent. Yeah. Sells Everyone's selling. Do you like yeah. it? So for, for certainly I, I would think. If you're your very first outing, if you're if yes. your one page pitch, your treatment to your producer, try not try and remove that sort of 
heavily emotional investment. Oh my God, this is so important to me. This is a story I was born to write. Think of it like this is a this is a this is a piece of merchant. This is, I'm selling this. This is why it's great. This is the these are why if you if you buy this or from me, these are the audiences who will love it. Mm. And here's the theme. Here's shows that were like it. So just mm. try and put your sales hat on. Mm. You know, tacky as that may sound. Mm. Um, I, I, let's just not forget. I know writers are not known for their business savvy heads but you know maybe we need to be a bit more uh think business and yeah uh, I, I personally well that's how yeah I, I find that quite helpful when i'm writing proposals uh for for pitches i think right this is say this is a business pitch mm. what's it about nice and clean nice and neat less of the emotion obviously emotion in the this is an emotional story about so and so but yeah. certainly if i think a producer's reading this mm. what's she got what is he or she what do they want to see so yeah, that they would be my my advice. Sell it. Okay, yeah, that's good advice. And I just say one other thing. Yeah, that Susan just kind of occurred to me as Catherine was talking that as well. You know, when you're getting those rejections, you can still be building relationships yeah. with companies and producers. I mean, there are no yeah. producers that you know I have pitched endlessly to and met with them, mm. and I know that I will work with them at some point. And you know, I think they feel that too. Yes, we yes. just haven't found the right project yet. Right. Okay. Or the right time. Mm. I think don't take a no as just a flat no. Build right. those relationships, build yeah. those connections because it's such a collaborative business. Yeah. Yes. You know, that's such a yeah. No, that's very good. You know, already I can hear follow on questions that I would like to address. I mean, and hopefully there'll be another time. I mean, there's that whole thing about Dublin centric and people being nervous if they're, and there's a whole lot of things we could touch on. And I also wanted your uh, opinion of, but we're out of time. And so I will say my piece. And that is, it does sadden me that writers are not where I think they should be, which is at the center of the process. And I do feel that sometimes they are the overlooked party or the forgotten party or the sort of add-on. Now, maybe that is less the case in television. And of course, that's always less the case if you have a string of hits under your belt and you're an A-list or writer. I mean, it's a different scenario. But um, I, I think the Guild is, is, is doing, um, has great plans to um, attend to that and to support um, and also, you know, uh, you know, accelerate, if you like, the, 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 the esteem uh, that I think we were starting to, 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 uh, to attribute to writers, but I think more needs to be done. So look, thank you all. Thank you so much, Jennifer Davidson. Thank you very much, Catherine Maher. Thank you so much, Jenny Roach. It's been an absolute pleasure. I know that I know from Jenna that she has enjoyed it as much as I, I would. And I can see the messages coming in of thanks, uh, thanking you for being so supportive and being so encouraging, which you were. I wish each and every one of you the very, very best of good luck. And I hope, Catherine, that somebody out there cops on with regards to Southwesterly and that we'll see you back. But you've done you've done it once now, I'm sure. It's only whenever the next big thing arrives, I'm sure. And uh, there's Ailish again. Uh, thank you, Ailish, for joining us this evening. To Ailish from Deadpan. Um, uh, uh, so good luck to you all. And until we meet again, uh, happy writing. All the best, folks. Bye-bye. Many thanks to Screen Skills Ireland for sponsoring this event. If you would like to support Women in Film and TV Ireland or see the work we do, log on to wft.ie.